You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall podcast, broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. The building is over 336,000 square feet and is full of over 650 classics for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Check out all the inventory on the website ClassicAutoMall.com. If you have any questions for our host or guest, email us at podcast at ClassicAutoMall.com during the live broadcast times of 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturdays. Now on to the show with our host, the president of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. 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 It's nice to be home. (laughs) We were going to try to broadcast live last week uh, from Chattanooga, where I was down there uh, visiting and and doing some business and talking to lots of cool car guys, and we'll talk about that. But we had a little bit of technical difficulty, so we're going to get it figured out. We're newbies to this podcasting thing, so we'll figure it out as we go. But anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, We've got a great show this morning. We've got a couple of members of the uh, Lincoln and Continental Owners Club. I'd say members. They're uh, aficionados of the uh, club and officials, and uh, we'll talk to them in the second and third segment this morning. But uh, back to Chattanooga, man. So we were down there um, for the – there was the Mecham Auction and then the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. And the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival, uh, this was their second uh, edition of it. They did one in 2019, uh, didn't do one in 2020 because of COVID, uh, but uh, but they came back as strong as ever in 2021. They uh, they had a concours d'elegance uh, in downtown uh, Chattanooga, and then they had a race out at a track out near the, the river, the Tennessee River there, and it had all kinds of cars in the race from pre you know brass tin cars that uh, Corky Coker the former CEO and president of Coker Tire has in his collection and those cars were cool to watch um we also had uh, they also had some later model race cars some Imza type cars Porsches and Ferraris and some Lolas and really it was well done and then of course the Concorde Elegance was at the uh, in downtown Chattanooga which is an amazing part of the world and uh I I grew up in Knoxville, which was north of there, about 90 miles, and we never knew much about Chattanooga, never paid much attention to it. It was just a little town that was south of us, about 90 miles. Well, they have grown up there, and uh, probably thanks in part to Corky Coker and people like that uh, who are not only influential in the automotive world, but influential in just business world and and making things happen. And uh, we watched that all weekend. They put on an amazing event. We got to meet all kinds of cool people that hopefully are going to be on our show if they're not liars. (laughs) No, I would never say that. Uh, But we got to meet uh, Ray Evernham, the uh, crew chief for uh, Earnhardt and uh, worked for Hendrick. And and uh, we got to meet Derek Bell, and we got to meet Wayne Carini, which we've met before, and hopefully uh, have him on the show. Uh, who else did we see down there? Man, it was just a it was a who's who of celebrity. Uh, uh, David Hobbs, the old race car driver. Um, it was just a lot of fun, and there was a lot of cool people there. And the collection of cars in the Concours, uh, both on display and uh, uh, being judged, 
were amazing. Um, General Motors brought out some of their cars from their heritage collection, one of the Firebird 1 and the Firebird 2, which were built in the 50s, and they looked like airplanes. Uh, They were really, really cool, and I had never seen one in person. And it got me to thinking we were there, and I thought, you know, listen, these cars sit in a warehouse in Detroit. They ought to be seen. So I talked to one of the guys from General Motors, and hopefully we're going to work out something that they can maybe bring uh, one of those down there. Have you ever seen those, Steve? Uh, some of the I've seen some of the heritage vehicles from GM. In right. fact, they unloaded a bunch of them on Barrett Jackson a couple of years. I ago. saw that, and it was interesting because I, you, you know, I guess the heritage part of the business is a, a little bit of a tricky wicket, if you will. I know that Chrysler got rid of their they had didn't they have a museum in Detroit? I think so, and I think it closed. Now the Henry Ford is still open. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing place, mm-hmm, right? Not only for for automobiles, but for like steam engines that are humongous and and just all kinds of different cool things that uh, that they have down there and uh, at the Henry Ford. And uh, but anyway, the uh, General Motors Heritage Collection is amazing. And I don't know. I asked, how do you get to go there? And they said you've got to have a group or something in request and whatever. But yeah. and uh, uh, but you know, uh, those are cars that should be seen. I think so. You yeah, know? absolutely. And most of them were were told to be destroyed. That's right. So they said, okay, we're done with this concept car, this fire, futuristic fire arrow thing. Go destroy it. And the guy's like, okay, I'll take it and destroy it. But mm-hmm. instead of going right to the destroying <laughs> pit, right. he went left and, I guess, hit it somewhere. Well, so. that's that's the holy grail or those one, one-off oh. prototypes that, pe- that the engineers kind of set aside instead of destroying. Yeah. Do you remember the Barrett-Jackson scene in, uh, like, 2011 when the they had the uh, oh, oh the Oldsmobile, Oldsmobile F- F-80. F88 yeah F88 oh that was that was old, longer than that that was yeah. probably 2003 2004 that started I think the Barrett Jackson that really got it going but the guy in the Ferrari had been against the guy in the Tennessee Vols hat that's right who I've come to to, to meet a couple of times Alan Jones he's at a Cleveland Tennessee mm-hmm. and he's a big time car collector and I think he just said you know what by God I'm going to get that car and that little kid ain't going to get it but he ended up not getting it uh, and it went to the collection it turns out from from uh, uh, the guy from Discovery Channel, John. Yeah, in Colorado. In Colorado, thank right. you. Yep. And uh, but I don't remember the what is his name. It uh, doesn't matter. Right. He he was the, the <laughs> Google he, it. He invented the Discovery yeah. Channel. In other words, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it went to his collection, and apparently he's got an awfully fine collection mm-hmm. out there. But uh, but Chattanooga, uh, uh, the cars that they had, like the Ferraris that they had on display there, and and in the Concours were you know, nineteen forty eight uh, one sixty six and a Tour de France. 1959 Ferrari. I mean, these are gazillion dollar cars, Mm -hmm. you know, seven figure, seven figure cars all day long. Mm -hmm. And of course, don't go back and look at your 1970 road and track magazine because you'll say, why didn't I buy that? People say that to me all the time. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you buy a Cobra when they were $3,000? Well, I didn't have $3,000. And, and I have, I went through a couple of Spouses (laughs) Spouses <laughs> during that period of time, so I certainly would have lost them because I certainly lost three vacuum cleaners. If you put the uh, original prices on all the cars in classic automobile, people would just, oh my their God. jaws would drop. Yeah, it's it's absolutely no question about it. You know, that leads me to something funny too. We were talking about uh, pricing on cars, and and sometimes we get a comment from people. They say, "Oh, well, that's so and so car is overpriced," mm-hmm. or "This is." Listen, it, it's if you if you knew at an auction the reserve price of every car, you'd probably never go to the auction because it's what somebody's wishing to get. They bought it. They were hoping they could turn a profit. But, you know, time is will tell you whether you've got it priced properly or not. And so we tell people, look, we're glad to try it for a period of time. But 
at some point in time, we've got to say, you know what? The market's speaking, and they're not speaking in dollars. They're speaking in their arms folded across their chest, meaning right. they're not interested in buying it at that price point. And usually that is the only hindrance. I mean, you know, when you put a car out on 65 websites worldwide with a thorough description, you know, 100-plus pictures of the car, uh, if – if that doesn't get their attention, then usually the last piece of the puzzle and the reason that they're not buying it is is because of price. And so that's that's what we tell people. And, and you know, hopefully they understand that, that, um, you know, we don't necessarily always set the prices, but, you know, we're always open to offers on cars. Yeah, I think that's something people need to understand because there's a lot of commenting on Facebook. Sure. Or, you know, social media invites a lot of comments and people don't understand that you don't necessarily set the price. You, right. you talk it over with the owner. I mean, if they're unreasonable, you'll... You'll talk the logic to them, but ultimately they make the decision about what they want to charge for the car. They make the decision, number one, but they, you know, sometimes they ask for our guidance, Mm -hmm. but sometimes for whatever reason, you know, maybe they paid a little too much for the car. I always say you didn't pay too much. You just bought it too early. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, or maybe they um, saw something on television. They saw a Barrett Jackson or a Mecham and they thought, well, my car is every bit as nice as that car Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, they told their wife that they were going to make a profit. And right. Didn't turn out so well. So, uh, listen. <laughs> ex-wife. I, I, yeah, ex-wife, yeah. I tell everybody that please, please, please don't buy a car. in Unless you're in the business, don't buy a car thinking you're going to make a profit. Buy it because you love it. That's right. And buy the best you can afford. And always always have a little extra mm-hmm. because there's going to be something that's going to go wrong with it no matter how well maintained the car is no matter how nice it was when it left here something can happen right. between here and poughkeepsie or here yep. and you know wherever the car may be going south florida or arizona or california where we sell a lot of cars so you know be prepared for that plus there's if you're a real collector and an enthusiast there's always extra items that go with a car the old dealership brochures posters i mean there the, the stuff i spend on extra stuff for the typhoon for example is just unbelievable yeah i mean you, you kind of get caught in that that moment you know the whatever hobby. the hobby and the flow of it and you just keep going oh man well we got to do this and we got to do that gotta have that gotta, have, gotta that. have that can't can't have it without that we need the jacket the firebird <laughs> jacket or whatever it was the the screaming eagle yep. jacket that you need and so yeah i mean it, it's like anything you, once you get immersed in the hobby then you need a, a die cast one of uh, on your desk so you can look at it when you're not driving or it. 10 or 10 <laughs> or 100 or i just bought a a a reva boat that's five feet six wow. inches long i'm hoping to get a real one one of these days so i went from a little small one to a five foot six this thing is amazing it's wooden and you know just really cool i have no idea where i'm going to put it and of course we're not in the boat business but and you didn't buy it to to make a profit you well, bought no. it because you love it well i'm hoping to make a profit on that one uh but actually i, I take that back we do have a boat in stock mm-hmm. it's a uh dwight well, I don't. It's on the website, right? Yeah, it's on the website. You can check it out on the website. You take motorcycles as well, right? We do. We uh, motorcycles are tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, with motorcycles, the market seems to be very, very soft, and it has been for a number of years. Hmm. Now, there are certain exceptions to the rule. Low mileage, as anything, you know, low mileage is king when it comes to cars or motorcycles or trucks or whatever you've got. Right. Uh, but the market has been is a little tricky on motorcycles, and 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 sometimes. Uh, we do well with something for no rhyme or reason. And, of course, that's a lot like this business. I mean, the the next car that I predict will sell doesn't mean that it's going to be the next car that sells. Right. Usually it's the one that I predict will not sell mm-hmm. at that ridiculous price. And then, lo and behold, it does. So what do I know? Uh, but, uh, but, the, but the nice thing about our business is, is that 
you know, if you look at a 2017 Toyota Camry, you can pretty much tell what that's worth within a few dollars. You look at a 68 Camaro, my goodness, if it's a resto mod or if it's back to original or if it's got a, you know, the original, if it's just a six cylinder or if it had a 396, I mean, all the different factors, how it was restored, what was done to it, all these different factors that, that you don't, I mean, it's, it's hard to say, well, one's worth this and the other one's worth, why is this one worth more or this one worth less? They look the same to me. And I always tell people that, you know, 10 feet away or even five feet away from a car can be deceiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd really need to look closely, and and especially for things like orange peel in the paint and stuff like that, that we try to take pictures of when we show in, in our you know listings online, on our website and the other sites. But uh, it's not always easy to see. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky business and, and it's not always as cut and dry as you might think, uh, in a, in a lot of other businesses. But, uh, but anyway, um, the other thing that we had, uh, we did last week is the, uh, Cobra uh, or the GT350 experience. Lee Cross, a friend of ours who we hopefully will have on the show, who has a, uh, 2019 Ford GT and a few GT350s and a couple of CSX Cobras, uh, real Cobras from back in the day. Uh, puts on the GT350 tour, and they did it uh, in the Hershey region of the the world, which is about 60 miles west of here or 40 miles west of here, I guess. And we were invited to the dinner, and it was a lot of really interesting people on this GT350 tour. And uh, hopefully some of them will have on on the show uh, coming up in uh, future uh, episodes, if you will. And uh, when we return, uh, we're going to be speaking to uh, Philadelphia Region President uh, Carl Vallone of the Lincoln and Continental Owners Club. And uh, we'll talk to Carl about their show that's going on this weekend. And by the way, a shout out to Pastor Weed and the Chariots of Fire show, which is here this weekend as well. And it's a little drizzle, but it looks like the sky is clearing and the sun's coming out. We'll see you when we get back. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero. That you may. Hello, my name is Rick White, and I'm the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I want to encourage all Georgia veterans to consider being nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And if you are a Georgia veteran, and the definition of a Georgia veteran is either you were born in the state of Georgia, or you've lived here 10 years, or you were raised your right hand and joined the military in this state, you are considered a Georgia veteran. For further information, go to www.gmbhof.org, or you can contact me at 678-427-0915. We'd love to have your nomination for the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. Thank you so much. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 
And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast live from beautiful, almost sunny, downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Had a little drizzle this morning. We've got uh, uh, the Chariots of Fire, Pastor Weed's car show here, and uh, people are straggling in a little slower than, than normally because normally he just picks the days, and being a pastor, he it just becomes sunny. It's automatic. It's like, how does that happen? He's got some interconnection or something. But anyway, uh, they're having their show here uh, this weekend uh, or today uh, till 4 p.m. Classic Automall is here today till noon. Uh, and then we have the Lincoln and Continental Owners Club here. Uh, their national meet is here, and they've been here since Tuesday or Wednesday, I think, and they're here through Sunday. They've got some beautiful Lincolns. Uh, my buddy Tony Russo's got a beautiful 27 Lincoln that's just stunning and a 40 Continental that uh, I think was one of the finalists in the Zenith Award, uh, which is the AACA's new uh, uh, top-of-the-heap riddler type award for hot rod deal and uh they uh they really really dynamic car and lincolns are sometimes underappreciated as as collector cars and and i don't understand why because they're wonderful cars great driving cars uh very well engineered just a you know a a lot uh of uh thought went into to building lincolns back in the day and it certainly shows and and you know just love some of the older lincolns and i i tell you the lincoln i really like and this will make me sound young er is the mark seven those were really cool they were the coupe and they were i guess that was mid 90s uh they were just a really cool car and 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 elegant and but sporty looking too like the gentleman's I, there's an ad that I have on my, or one of the posters we have in, in the mallway that's got the guy in the 69 Lincoln Mark III, and he's got the, the uh, Hunter type uh, sunglasses on, and he's just a cool looking dude. You yeah. say, that's the guy I want to be, you know. And of course, isn't that the, the motivation for cars in general? I mean, do you think, you know, we're emulating something or the cool guy in the neighborhood or, or what we saw on TV or. All I know is that Elvis Presley favored Continentals, <laughs> and that is good enough for me because he was the coolest cat ever. And cool. The Mark III was is the one. Six, you know, 68 to 71, I think. is. Oh, those are really mm-hmm. just cool cars. Heavy. Heavy, yeah, heavy but big engine. Yeah, uh, four, but, yeah 460. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Elvis was cool. American Trilogy is a great uh, <laughs> sitting on the couch watching YouTube videos and watching him sweating in Hawaii. And, yep. and boy, did they love his scarves. Those, <laughs> those women, they loved his scarves. Right. It was really funny to watch him in concert and to watch him in uh, – you know all the different things that uh, he was eccentric about his home, yep. his the way he lived, uh, the uh, cars that he had in his collection, and he would just buy people cars because Le- left and right, and yeah. and Lincolns and, Co- and Cadillacs, yeah, Lincolns I mean. and Cadillacs he loved, and uh, and so you know how cool is that? I mean, you know it's uh, it's one of those things that uh, if you if you have the wherewithal to do it, uh, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not buy your buddies sure. a car? I would, I would too. I've always said if I hit the lottery. There's going to be some people who are going to be getting some cool cars. That's that's just my philosophy. Hundred percent. I think. Plus, I want to say to him, look, here I bequeath this car to you. Never ask me for another dollar. <laughs> this is you're dead to me after this. Do with it what you want. <laughs> Do with it as you may. But that's all you get from me. So. Uh, by the way, I wasn't lying. Uh, Carl Valone is somewhere in the building. I think with the rain coming in, they're probably scrambling to get all their cars inside and wiped down. So we'll we'll give him a pass. Hopefully, they'll show up for segment three or four or 
or not. Or Steve and I'll just keep winning, <laughs> and uh, which is okay. We have uh, you know a lot of different things to talk about. Uh, one of the things that uh, we had talked about was Chattanooga. One of the guys I met was Alan Johnson of Johnson's Hot Rods in Gadsden, Alabama, and this guy builds some cars like you wouldn't believe. I believe he's a, won the Riddler Award. He's won a lot of you know every pro pick that you could ever have, and. You know, just a, a real nice, unassuming type guy um, who builds quality stuff. He had a couple of his hot rods. They had a hot rod division at the Concours in Chattanooga. And uh, he um, had a couple of cars in there. And they were just, you know, I haven't always been a hot rod guy. Uh, I, I appreciate craftsmanship. I appreciate great work. Uh, but it hadn't always been my thing. But I don't know. Lately, mm-hmm. I've been seeing some cars that you think I could. I'd like to own that, mm-hmm. especially the ones that are channeled, which is they're lowered. So the high boys that you see that look like they sit on top of the frame are kind of stodgy looking to me and boxy looking. But the ones that are that are that sit down and are channeled, uh, you know, on the frame where they're sitting way down low are really really cool. And so. All the, you know, I'm learning to appreciate these kind of things, and it's all parts of the hobby. Just like I learned to appreciate the brass and tin cars uh, of Corky Coker's when we were in Chattanooga uh, the past week, and uh, watching those cars run around the track. They're, you know, there's they're speedster or roadster type cars, uh, open, no no top, no doors. Uh, you know, you watch them start them, and, it, and it's a whole process to go through starting and getting them going, and and it's just fun to watch. It's not just get in and turn the key. It's it's, it's you got to really know what you're doing to start one of those cars, and you got to know that uh, there are you know many many different versions of them, and so you got to prime the carburetors, you got to prime this, you got to prime that, uh, you got to turn the spark advance. I mean, there's just a gazillion things that uh, you need to do, and uh, you know we're talking about hot rods, and then the Lincoln guys show up. So <laughs> put your headphones on there, and uh, Carl, and say hello to our listeners, Carl Valone, the Philadelphia region president of the Lincoln and Continental Owners Club. Carl, good to have you here today. Well, thank you, Stuart. I really appreciate you inviting me. Well, listen, we're glad to have you guys with your show here. You guys have been here since, what, Wednesday? Yes, uh, actually Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday, right, yeah. right. Well, you just feel like you've moved in. So. Yes. Well, I feel like I'm family here. We've yeah. been coming up here for the last uh, year and a half. We've been talking about this so long. It finally came, uh, I looked on the calendar, and it was this coming week, and I thought, wow, that sure happened fast. And then I thought, man, we've been working on this for a long time. And I so thankful to do it. I mean, we're we are so happy that that not only do we have this large facility that has cars in it uh, for sale, but we also have space to have events, including indoor and outdoor. We got forty acres right on the turnpike, so it's a perfect fit for you guys and the hotel. Absolutely, it couldn't have been a better venue to have an event. At. Yeah, we uh, we have a hundred eighty eight room Holiday Inn that's connected with walkthrough access to uh, Classic Auto Mall, and so it's nice if you have an event, you can stay there. We've got a full service restaurant in there uh we've got a bar and a lounge and an indoor pool have you have you used the indoor pool yet sorry to say i have not because <laughs> i've been so busy running around trying to coordinate the event here that i i couldn't take advantage of all the amenities that the hotel has to offer well so how many years have you been involved in the lincoln club i have been in the lincoln club since 2000 right okay i've had lincoln's most of my adult life. Right. I had my. I bought my first brand new Lincoln in 1981. It was a 1981 uh, Mark Six Givenchy right. designer model. Oh, fancy! That I had ordered especially. <laughs> oh, you ordered it? How cool I is did. that? That's exciting. Yeah. Right? Because I just got married and I couldn't afford uh, some of the ones that were on the floor. So what I did was I ordered it to my specifications. Right. 
and uh, I ordered it with special wheels and tires. And then at the time, uh, Lincoln had some in- incentives out that allowed me to get a rebate of $1,000 for a Mark VI and also $1,000 for the designer model, wow. which allowed me to afford the car. Fantastic. And that's how I came down and, and ordered it. <laughs> that is fantastic. How long did it take to get? Do you remember? Was uh, it- a couple, about two months yeah. it did. I picked it up on April the 1st. 1981. Yeah, I, I, I got it from Holman, uh, Lincoln. Right. Uh, and uh, here it was sitting all by itself, right on the hill, all by oh, itself, just man. waiting for me to pick it up. How fantastic. A lot of people probably don't realize that you could, I mean, you could still do it to this day, but you, could, you ordered cars back then. And if you knew the right boxes to check, then you could do some really cool things like get rebates, like you're talking about. Also, if you really knew the cool boxes to check, if you bought a Camaro from Yenko, you could get a 427 in it and things like that. But people don't realize that. Most people just think, well, you go down to the car lot and you pick out the car that you like. So uh, it was fun to order a car back in the day. I got to do it one time, and so uh, it was a fun thing to do. But so the Lincoln Club, I mean— this is this club has been in existence since 1953. Or? That's correct. Wow. Ellison H. Bell, uh, founder of the the, comp- the uh, club. Uh, he was he was the founder, and right. uh, we have he has been conducting or he did conduct car shows. Uh, he was the first one, the innovator that sure. started it well, yeah, back in 1953. So uh, I know that a lot of people uh, that have come to the event here are. Are somewhat local, right? I mean, they're within a couple yeah, hundred miles. A couple hundred miles, but also we have uh, uh, friends that came as close as uh, or as far as California. Oh wow! Uh, Colorado, Florida, Illinois, right? Uh, Alabama. Nice. So they're coming from all over the country. That's fantastic, and yes. and you know this is a beautiful part of the world. I mean, did you all take a tour yesterday? Or yes, we did. We went uh, on Thursday. We went to the Strasburg Railroad. Well, I'm a, a big railroad uh, right. fanatic as well. So uh, uh, model trains as well. So uh, we we conducted that uh, tour as well, and then uh, we went to a lunch at the Red Caboose right. Hotel. Appropriate. And then yesterday we did. Uh, the covered bridge tour of uh, Lancaster and uh, Chester County and uh, had lunch at the Black Powder uh, Tavern. Nice. Yeah, nice. So it was a beautiful ride. Actually, uh, I was falling asleep. The car was so comfortable, I forgot how. But I'm always driving, so right. I went with one of my, one of my guys, and here uh, I was falling asleep. It was so comfortable. Oh, fantastic. So it was, allowed me to have a good time in the car and enjoy well, it. Well, you know, they, they say that if you just get some, like, scented candles, and then it would even be better, you know, in the back of your car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're really in trouble. So what's the oldest car here? Is that Russo's? Uh... We, n- no, we have a 1925 wow. L Touring Wow. as well. Wow. And then we have a 1926, and then Tony is third. He has a 27 yep. uh, Opera Coupe. Opera Coupe. That's a beautiful car. I haven't seen the other two, but yes, uh, they, the uh, 27 of Tony Russo's is beautiful. And, of course, Tony and I have become fast friends because he likes to hang out around here and uh, come see what all the cars. I think we have – we were just talking. We have uh, 13 Lincolns in inventory right now, everything from a barn find Mark V 1960 all the way up to uh, – we've got a Bill Bla- Bla- Bloss. <laughs> is that vase or vase um and then we've got uh, what's the uh, we've got a 48 lincoln continental and then we've got some later model stuff one of your members has got a car here james capello's got a yes. uh, 94 lincoln that's here and uh so you know lincoln's we were just talking earlier steve and i were talking about how they they can be unloved and underappreciated compared to some other cars and they shouldn't be because they are marvelously marvelously engineered they're beautiful cars uh you know if you look at what 
what Edsel Ford did with the 40 Lincoln Continent. I mean, just a gorgeous car. And I guess Henry hated it. You know, the old yeah, man hated it. 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 it was only for Edsel for when he vacationed down in uh, Florida. Right. And uh, it was so well received down there that uh, they decided to go ahead and produce sure, it. Sure, sure. And, you know, what a great looking car. And I mean, just uh, so unique. It's such an identifiable car. The minute you see it, you know exactly what you're looking at. You know, it's not like some of these cars where you have to, some of the pre war stuff. I, I, you know, luckily, like a Pierce Arrow has a molded in headlight, so I could go, oh, it's a Pierce Arrow. You know, the other ones, I, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's very, very difficult to tell the difference between them, unless you're just a, aficionado like you guys are in the Lincoln Club and and you know I love that and I love the participation in the hobby now do you all where uh, your national meet is every year I mean I, last year you didn't have one right well in a perfect world what we like to do is have three meets a year right so we have uh, an eastern meet and we have a western meet right. and then we have a mid-american meet and also we have our museum uh, the Gilmore at the Gilmore Museum we have the Lincoln uh, Museum right. as well on the grounds of the Gilmore Museum, and we'd like to have a homecoming uh, event that is uh, the second week of August. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Hey, so, Gilmore is a great place. I oh, haven't been, but everybody says it's spectacular. Oh, when I tell you that uh, when when I was there for the uh, opening of the Lincoln Museum, that was the first time I was ever on the campus. I could tell you that I was like a kid in a candy store. Oh, yeah. I was running around. Look at this. Look at that. Yeah. Look at this. Oh my goodness! And all the cars on the on the facility are just so absolutely beautiful. You know, it's it's so fun when the hobby really strikes you like a, a kid like uh, reaction to things. You know, a lot of we get jaded. You know, you go to a car show. Oh, there's another Camaro. Oh, there's another whatever. You know, you you forget that that's if you stop and look at it like. One of the things that I've learned in this business, especially lately, is that the guy who writes our our descriptions, our content editor, Peter, he is amazing. And he makes me appreciate cars that I never really liked, like a 78 Corvette. I thought, oh, it's just a 70. They're low-powered. They're not. But, you know, the way he describes it, I have to go back and take a look at it and say, uh, wow, that's a really great car. So, anyway, so glad to have you on, uh, uh, Carl. And uh, coming up on the next segment, we're going to have John Talberday, who is the national president of the Lincoln and Continental Owners Club. So we'll have him when we come back and we'll talk more things Lincoln. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back from the classic Auto Mall studio here in sun, well, almost sunny downtown Morgantown. I don't need a window seat. I don't need to see what's going on outside. I think I need to be like in my office, which has no windows at all. So this weekend, uh, we are hosting two events here, the Chariots of Fire Car Show with Pastor Weed, and, and he does about four shows a year here. And they got a little bit of uh, a little sprinkle of rain this morning, but it looks like it's clearing up and the cars are rolling in. Then we also are honored to have the Eastern National Meet of the uh, Lincoln and Continental Owners Club here. They've been here since Tuesday. Uh, they're... Uh, we're going to have to give them W-2s, I guess, because they, <laughs> they, they're they here working for us, too. I think they helped. I saw somebody mopping, so that's great. But uh, we had Carl Vallone on on the last second, who's still here, and uh, who is the Philadelphia region president uh, of the Lincoln and Continental Owners Club. And now we have John Talberday, who is the national president of the Lincoln and Continental Owners Club. John, a pleasure to have you on the show. 
Stuart, it's great to be here, and thank you for having us and uh, allowing us to enjoy this fine facility you've put together over the over a period of years. Yeah, we're just coming up. January 1st is our four-year anniversary, so it's hard to believe. You know, time goes fast. <laughs> My son said to me, he goes, Dad, I never understood what you meant about time going fast until I had to pay rent at the end of the, every month. <laughs> I said, yes, that'll do it to you, son. So anyway, so we started talking about having this event here, what, a year and a half ago now? Was yes, it? sir. Yeah. A year and a half ago, and uh, and we were so thankful to have this because, uh, you know, the nice thing about our facility is it lends itself well to We're having two, basically two different car shows today, and nobody's in anybody's way, I don't think. No, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a large facility, and it has everything that, you know, our members need, you know, from, uh, you know, a, a go-to-hotel. Sure. Uh, we're very fortunate that we had the uh, access to some inside storage. Sure, which helps yeah, with a little cars, bit of weather. Yeah. Uh, cars stay clean. Yeah. Um, and then they get to enjoy all the, the cars that you have on sure. on display. Including the 13 Lincolns we have for sale. Or 12 on the floor, anyway. So that accent. Now, is that Alabama or is that... Uh, yeah, no, that, you... That's Boston. <laughs> that's Boston. <laughs> hey, I just spent some time up in Boston with my son about three weeks ago. What a beautiful town. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, great city. It really is. And it was funny because we were walking down the street and we were trying to figure out a place where we could watch a, uh, my SEC football team, Tennessee. And the guy in orange comes walking past us. He goes, oh, there's a whole group of us. And we go to this certain bar and he goes and then the bar across the street is the florida bar and the and it was like all these different places had where they would watch television or watch the games every saturday and they've been doing it for 20 or 30 years so but it was really the town was clean and nice and just a really great part of the yeah, world there's an amazing amount of history in boston yeah, sure. um, you know the access to the to the waterfront is really nice sure and uh, yeah, this, it's it's a great walkable town. Sure, absolutely. It's, so uh, back to why we're really here. Let's talk about some cars. So, how long have you been uh, the president of the Lincoln and Continental? Uh, Two thousand and thirteen. Two thousand thirteen. It is a uh, three-year term, or I mean, a, a seven-year term, or eight-year term, or it, it's until it's, you quit. It, 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 until you decide that you've had enough. <laughs> how many members? Do you uh, have? We got about twenty-two hundred members. Wow. Yeah, that's so, strong. Yeah, that's when strong. we've and we've had we've been very successful in you know uh, sort of increasing our membership. Sure. You know, even through you know the pandemic, where sure. we haven't unfortunately been able to have any events. Right. Yeah, that was frustrating for everybody not having events. But you know, it is so important if you have a car of a particular mark, uh, like a Lincoln uh, or or any other type of car. It's important to get involved with these clubs because there are so many resources that can come to you from a club, whether it's parts or how to fix something or any of that. So, speak to that. Is that uh, something that you guys provide your members? Yeah, well, we you know as as part of our membership, you know, we provide you know a, a world class magazine called Continental Comments. You know, and that includes, you know, everything from uh, summaries of past, you know, meets, uh, tech tips, uh, member stories. And we got one uh, couple that have driven their Lincoln through all of the 48 states. Wow. Um, And uh, classified ads. Right. Um, We also have access as a member to the, the Ford X plan, which allows a discount on Ford, new Ford and Merck and Lincoln products. Wow. So that's that's a that's a nice benefit. Absolutely, um, you know, in advertising in in the magazine and on our website. Sure. Well, and the camaraderie of a club as well too. If, you know, it's fun to talk to like-minded people, and you come up with ideas, or you just you find out that you know you've, you've got similar interests and hobbies, and you know you probably have met some lifelong friends in this club. Absolutely, and 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 it's it's people from all walks of life, right? Um, you know, people that have collections, the people that are struggling for that one car. Sure. And you, you all come together and you're all 
all the same. Sure. And I, what I love about the Lincoln brand is the fact that, A, it's still going, uh, which some of them aren't. But I love the fact that that in, in your show, you know, a lot of times you'll go to these club meets and events and they're all the high-end Concord quality cars and they're all just, you know, these pre-war, you know, V12, V16, whatever. You guys got everything up to modern Lincolns. I mean, close to modern. Right. We, we try to be inclusive. Right. And so the Lincoln and Continental Owners Club, you know, accepts any Lincoln. You know, from a start of production in, in 22. Right. And uh, all the way up to the present day. And we will judge cars that are uh, 10 years old or older. Gotcha. So, so now you get the more modern cars, which right. are the cars that people like to drive. Um, they're more, a little more, can tend to be more reliable. Sure. Um, so that allows us to continue to grow the membership with the, as the newer cars come in. You know, that reliability thing is funny because we all say, eh, let's go get in my old so-and-so and drive it. And it's blocked in by a couple of cars. And the one car that's blocking it in is out of gas. And the one car behind that has got a dead battery. And then it's like, oh, goodness. And and that's what happens is a lot of people get into these things and they don't take the time to drive them. And they, you should. They're supposed to be driven. And it, it, that's, that's the fun that I get out of it, driving it. I drove uh, my wife's 66 convertible 380 miles to get here wow and you know all we had to do was put gas in it and it right. ran just fine and that's and when you drive those cars you're showing a, a, a period in time that people don't get to see anymore right. and you know you drive you know down a back road and there's someone there raking leaves or mowing the lawn and they stop they look you wave at them it's like it promotes the hobby as to you know right. what used to be out there so that they can see it not just as a static display but as a mode of transportation. Sure. And listen, just like as kids when we used to watch the cool kid drive down the street, don't you know the guy's down out in his yard raking the leaves and sees that car drives by and thinks, that could be me. I could do that. I could go get one of those and do that. And we have that happen here all the time at Classic Auto Mall where people come in and they, they think, you know what, I'm ready. I, I've, all these years I've wanted this thing. I don't know what I've been waiting for. And... Part of that has been the urgency has been created by the pandemic, unfortunately, or however you want to look at it, is that that people have decided, wait a minute, maybe it's now, you know, now I better get on it because mm -hmm. what's next? You know, who knows? I mean, did we in our lifetime ever think that we'd see our country basically come to a standstill? Yeah, I mean, no, you never could have predicted no, that. You know? No way. And, and we took that opportunity, you know, when you were sort of locked down. It's like, well, I can take my cars out. Absolutely, yeah. I can yeah. sell. That's why we sold a lot of cars. You know, when we closed down in March of 19, we're locking the doors, sent everybody home, said, we'll call you when it's time. And I said, what's that? And she goes, that's the phone ringing. I go, huh. And then it was ringing again. And then another, and then it was like, wait a minute. Maybe we're still in business here. <laughs> Maybe we don't have to go get real jobs. Yeah. Uh, and so it was, it, we kept selling cars because, like you said, you can you can self quarantine when you're driving down the road with your car yep. or your family, and you can just take a cruise on a Sunday. and And how wonderful is that? That's what the that's the whole idea behind this hobby, anyway, right? Absolutely, and it and it, and it gives you a better appreciation for the cars, and it also keeps them limber. Absolutely, you know? there more damage can come to a car not being driven than being driven that's because correct. the seals. Absolutely. And people say, "Oh, that car's leaking." Well, because it's sat and more fluid is in the pan than is ever supposed to be in the pan. So every drop of fluid in a car is not supposed to always be in the pan. It's supposed to be up there in the engine doing its little thing and lubricate. And if you could see my hands, you would see that I'm doing the lubricating. The cars were made to be driven. They were made to be driven. Absolutely. And you know what? At that Conqueror in Chattanooga last weekend, we saw 10, 12, 15 million dollar Ferraris guy driving them down the street. So, And they should be driven. That's what they're supposed to be done. That's why you don't buy whatever else it is that you could buy and collect. 
So, yeah, you, you, yeah, you, you have to go out and, and enjoy them. And they were built to transport people, right? And their persona, you know, as they as they drove, absolutely. And you know, if and so I think I saw your car. Is that the chestnut colored c- convertible? Is that the, yeah? Yeah, it's it's actually called Ember Glow. And, okay, yeah. well, uh, chestnut okay. is a <laughs> gosh. Is that a General Motors thing? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend all of our Lincoln listeners. Uh, <laughs> It looked like chestnut to me. Yeah. So uh, that's a beautiful car. So uh, one Lincoln in the family or more than one? Uh, there's, there's more than one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, we, you know, sometimes uh, this becomes more of an affliction than uh, than a hobby. But anyway, yeah. uh, guys, so wonderful. I know you got a lot going on today. You're judging today and yes. uh, and you're here and you got your banquet tonight. Yes. And, uh, and then you'll all be heading out tomorrow. But we so appreciate you being here and sharing our place with your members and uh, and hope to host you with other events here in the future. We certainly appreciate it, Stuart, and your hospitality has been been outstanding, and I think everybody that's attended has had a great time. Thanks so much. We'll be back, and I'll do some more rambling in about two minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back. Thanks so much to... Carl and uh, uh, John for uh, sharing some time with us. They've been had a kind of a hectic morning with they moved their car show from outside to inside. And thank goodness we have uh, the space for that and the availability for that. So they were able to still have their car show. looks like the rain has stopped. So uh, if you've if you got some spare time today, uh, Classic Automall is here for another couple of hours. We're open till noon. Uh, the Chariots of Fire car show out front is here till four. And the Lincoln Club is here till approximately about the same time. So if you get a chance, come out and see. There's uh, 650 cars inside the Classic Auto Mall uh, for sale, 400 barn finds on display. Uh, there'll probably be a couple hundred cars out front and then a hundred or so Lincolns in the back. So, um, you know, it's just wonderful that this has come true. I mean, we've, you know, this is something we dreamed of having and doing and uh, haven't you know, never thought that it would really and truly happen. And, and to have the ability to, to do what we're doing is just amazing. Uh, what I wanted to talk about, a couple of things, um, we, we like to talk about on the show about, you know, where our cars were sold in the previous week. And uh, it's always some interesting places, some a lot local places. Uh, we sold uh, a car to Thermont, Maryland, uh, one to all the way from Morgantown, Pennsylvania, Sold a car to a guy uh, right here in our backyard. Kutztown, Pennsylvania. Hummelstown, Pennsylvania. 
Lewisbury, Pennsylvania, Lebanon, Connecticut. Of course, Lebanon could be anywhere. There's a Tennessee, there's a Pennsylvania, there's a, all different Lebanons. York, Pennsylvania. Now, this is one I, I'm glad we sold a car to because I'd just like to say it. Waxahachie, Texas. I probably got that wrong. Somebody will send me a letter. Um, Butler, Pennsylvania. Uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. I think that's where they build the fire trucks. Um, Portersville, Pennsylvania. Unionville, North Carolina. Hamburg, Pennsylvania. Millersville, Pennsylvania. And Levittown, Pennsylvania. So... Heavy on the uh, Pennsylvania cars, Steve. So you know yeah, it happens sometimes, it happens. but no, no Morocco this week. No, <laughs> no, no Casablanca, Morocco. You don't know how many people I've told over the last couple of weeks representing Classic Auto Mall sure. at various car shows. Absolutely. I said, listen, car went out to Morocco last week. Yeah, come so. on. <laughs> so, so I saw a picture of you representing. I pre- until I got kicked off of Facebook last week. Oh, did you? Yeah. If anybody of our listeners know how to get back on Facebook, somebody hacked my account, oh, sent boy. a video through Messenger. Oh, my. Now I'm kicked off and i've been and it's making me mad and it's not because i you know have to be on facebook or anything but it's just it's kind of you know how i keep up with my friends and their families and grandkids and my kids and and all that so if anybody has any uh, recommendation call me directly at the classic automobile and tell me how to get my facebook account back because i don't want a new one because then people think Hmm. oh why is he friended me again there's something wrong did he get you know right so so Steve and Ethan came up with a special segment we're going to start doing every week, and it's called Four on the Floor. Four on the Floor. Yeah. So. We're going to have music intro at some point for it, too. Not yet. Not that. Not that. Drum roll. Are we going to have some real music for our show? As yeah. Well too? And a spokesperson and a we're, spokesmodel. We're, we're working on it. I know. We're working on a lot of things. We're, we're trying to get the technical side down first. That's right. And then we'll add all the gravy to it as we go. But yep. the Four on the Floor segment... It's a trivia game, basically, and it's based on inventory here at Classic Auto Mall. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you four clues uh, every week, in the, and we'll, we'll, you'll, you'll email us at podcast at classicautomall.com which car you think it is that's actually in our inventory. And it can't be just uh, a broad stroke. Like, it can't be a Camaro. You have to say what year, make, and model Camaro it is. And the... Maybe the stock number, too. Right? Yeah, it's a yeah. specific car. Yeah, you got to be specific. It's not a generic. It's not just uh, one car. It's, it's, it, or it is just one car. Yep. So here are the four clues. Da, 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 da. This car is made by an American company. Well, that's easy. Well, <laughs> we don't have any of those, do we? <laughs> okay, so clue number one. This car is made by an American company. Clue number two. This car has a direct connection to the Zulu language of South Africa. What? Now, that's got to narrow it down to, you know, a couple of hundred, right? I've never heard of that. All right. Number three, its color is named for something found in Spain. Hmm. The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plain? Is that? A lot of things in Spain. There's a lot of things in Spain. Spanish people. Uh, uh, sick. Empanadas. So, empan- yeah, empanadas. I like saying empanada. Um, that reminds me of something funny, but I'm not going to say it. All right. Um, it's color's name. For, uh, so clue number three, it's color's name for something found in Spain. And hmm. finally, the fourth clue, in the mid-90s, this car was only available as a four-door sedan. So there's your four clues. The car was made by an American company. The car has a direct connection to the Zulu language of South Africa. Hmm. Its color is named for something found in Spain. And finally, the fourth clue, in the mid-90s, the car was only available as a four-door sedan. So send us your answers uh, to podcast at classicautomall.com. And we'll, what are we, 
Did we determine a prize? I think we were, we're going to T-shirts or hats. T-shirt or a hat. Yep. So you, your choice, dealer's choice. So you get a, a T-shirt or a hat, and we'd love to uh, to award that to someone soon. Um, so one of the things that we were talking about and we've been talking about in the past is, uh, you know, how can you host your car show or club event here? Just reach out to us, you know, uh, info at classicautomall.com and uh you know, tell us when what date you're looking for, and give us your contact information, and we'll be glad to reach back out to you and, and figure out uh, a good date for you to host your car event, car club, car meet, car show. Um, you know, one of the things that we do here uh, at Classic Auto Mall is is enjoy the hobby, and that's by having these classic car clubs and events out here. We meet new people; new people are exposed to us and and what we do here, and and you know, basically, our business is consigning cars so the events are great and they're kind of like gravy and the um the other things that we do here having the clubs have their meetings in the food court and that kind of thing is again gravy and and we allow people to come in for free to see all the 650 cars for sale and 400 barn finds so really the only way we make money is by by consigning and selling vehicles and so you say, well, I can sell my car myself. Well, sure you can. Anybody can sell their car. You can wash your own windows. You can wash your own car. You can, you know, there's a lot of things you can do. You can hunt your own food if you, if you really want, you know. Uh, you know I, I, but I don't have time for any of that. And, and you know, part of the benefits of consigning your car, which I've been meaning to talk to about since we started, is the fact that, you know, what's the most valuable resource we have right now? It's time. And especially as we get older. Uh, time is, uh, you know, you can't buy any more of it. I don't know. They say that they're, they're close to figuring out that people can live to 150 or something. Is that right? Yeah. So, so I don't really think I want to live to 150. <laughs> I don't, I don't have enough money to live to 150, you know, talk about outliving things. Don't outlive your money. <laughs> plus your, yeah. Plus your body at 150. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this handsomeness cannot go on forever. Right. So, so time. So just you know, think about it. You're, you're, you got your own car for sale and you got it out on a couple of websites. And Saturday night, phone rings. You're at dinner with the wife on your date night. Hey, man, I want to come look at your car. Okay, all right. Well, uh, we'll meet you at the house in 30 minutes. And the guy shows up and he picks it apart and he says this about it and that about it and offends maybe your dog and whatever. And then decides he's going to buy it, but he wants to buy it for half of what you're asking for it. And by the way, he's got a cashier's check. And that cashier's check is like gold, isn't it? Wrong. It's not like gold. Cashier's checks, I mean, think about it. If you're going to counterfeit something, mm-hmm. would you rather counterfeit you know, a stack of $100 bills or one cashier's check? So, you know, there are pitfalls just in, t- in that part of it. But the fact is, is that you've got somebody, a stranger coming to your home. You've got uh, a person that's going to, you know, pick apart your car because that's what they think they're supposed to do when they're buying your car from you. And so all these factors that don't come into play when you consign your car with Classic Automobile. Now, what does all this cost? It doesn't cost you anything up front. So you, you don't have to pay anything up front. There's no monthly fee. Uh, we only get paid when we sell your car, which is like a real estate agent. So uh, basically, you come in, you set the price. We've got a couple of different programs that uh, you can either tell us a net you want in your pocket or a 10% deal. Uh, we have a minimum commission that we work off of, but it's very simple and, 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 and easy to understand. And the thing that people like the most about a net in your pocket type deal, you know what you're going to get in your pocket. So you don't have to, you know, you don't have to do the the math. You know, you don't have to go. Uh, okay, the car is sold for thirty seven eight, and they're getting eleven percent. Eleven percent carry the one and a two, and is a. Well, I don't know how much that is. <laughs> I don't want to have to do math 
What I want to do is say, how much am I getting in my pocket? That's what I care about. And that's what most people do. Have mm-hmm. you found that when you talk to people, Steve, that uh, – that people want to, you know, want to know what they can expect in their pocket. Well, I, I, for sure, they don't want to negotiate. Right. They, they don't want to be in a position to have to back and forth with somebody, and that's what Classic Automall does for people. Yeah, I mean, you know, we answer. Uh, we figured we. I think we said on the other show the other day or last couple of weeks is that if you spent, if you went out and did everything that we do to to represent your car and put your car out on the market, you'd spend forty five hundred dollars, and then and still no guarantee that it would sell. So. You know, when it comes time to sell your classic or special interest car, use a reputable consignment company or a reputable auction company. You know, I'm I'm not anti-auction. You know, it's not our business model, but uh, it's it's something that uh, you know, it's not something. Listen, at the end of the day, there are lots and lots of things that that we as consumers, uh, you know, want to do and don't want to do. And especially what we learned during the pandemic is spending time with family and friends is a much more important thing uh, than you ever thought about. And so, you know, and the other thing is, is when you, when you have these cars for sale and you've got a car out on the market and people come there and they want to store it for an extra couple of weeks or they want to, you know, do you know any transportation companies mm-hmm. or can you help me with insurance? And you don't know any of that. You're just trying to sell the, the car. Uh, what about an overseas buyer? You know, a guy from England wants to buy your car. You know all the paperwork you're supposed to do and the port stuff that has to happen. And, you know, there's a gazillion things. Um, you know, and, and what if they bring cash? Even worse. Yeah, guy shows up in your doorstep with you know unmarked hundred dollar bill. Plus, do you really want people at your house? Exactly. I, you, and the answer is no. Right. You know the answer is is that you don't want people at your house. So, and what we always say is that generally speaking, we probably get as much for you in your pocket as you would get if you sold your car on your own because of the professional presentation, because of the pictures, because of the description, because of the the way that we present, because of our building. You know, um, you know, we and your pride and joy is our pride and joy. And that's our tagline. And it's not a line. It's the truth. It is. We, you know, whether your pride and joy is a $5,000 collector car or a $5 million collector car, it doesn't matter. Um, and the other thing is, is that when a person purchases from a dealership, they feel like they may have some recourse if there's ever a problem. You know, hey, what can we do? You know, when you buy from an individual, you know, they, they feel like, well, maybe there's no recourse there or anything. At least I'm buying from somebody who is going to be there, you know, a year from now. Mm-hmm. And the other side of the coin is, is a lot of times we sell a car to a guy and a year later he comes back and says, hey, I want that car, but I want to put this car on consignment, so I want to trade this out because I only have one garage space. Mm-hmm. So you've had you've had repeat cars, absolutely, mm-hmm. and we've had the same car back. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. a couple, three, or four times. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to just, or we'll get a guy who says, "Hey, I want to I want to take a trade." Well, if you're an individual, you're not necessarily looking to take a trade. We might be able to do that, or we might be able to say, "Hey, we won't take a trade, but bring your car here, mm-hmm. pick up your new car, and put it in the garage." And, you know, we've solved your problem. Because usually the problem is space. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, people, they have a desire. They have the money. But they don't have the space for the car. That's right. And especially when you get to a metropolitan area like Philadelphia. Yeah, it's all about space. Yeah, what's a parking space cost in oh, downtown I don't even know. Philly? I, mean, I stay away from there. So. Yeah. <laughs> and we do have that service available here as well, too, called Space Mall. And we have indoor and outdoor storage uh, for vehicles. And so you can uh, store your car here. Or camper. I saw or a couple, camper. couple campers yeah, out there. a couple there. campers or trailer. Or, mm-hmm. uh, I think we have outdoor storage for some boats and then some tractor trailers and stuff here. So we've got so much space here 
that uh, it just you know it, it just makes sense to to and it's amazing how many people need space so and especially like I said downtown Philly or any of these downtown me- metropolitan areas whether you're in New York City or wherever uh, space is a premium and not only is it a premium but it's almost unobtainium you know mm-hmm. you just can't find any so that's right um, so anyway um, so that's our our uh, spiel about the benefits of consigning your vehicle and just do your homework you know um, you know make sure you know who you're leaving your car with whether it's us or anybody else and uh, and make sure that uh, you you get everything in writing and all that good stuff just like you would with anything mm-hmm. and uh, and next week on our show we hopefully will have another guest we don't know who it'll be yet though right could be just me and you jibber jabber okay <laughs> we can do that right you know <laughs> plenty and, to talk about that we, that, yeah that there's an unlimited resource of cars here that we can have whole shows on on just one individual car mm-hmm. and uh and the nice thing about that is is that changes every week so we will be back next week with or without a guest and uh steve take it away We appreciate your listening to our show. And don't forget, when you're in southeastern Pennsylvania, come visit us in person. We are open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're here from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays, we're open 9 to noon, and we're closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show specifically, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.